Oliver, you know what got me through the postseason this year with all my traveling, baseball, football? Oops. <laughs> Oliver, you know what got me through? Uh, and I, we're laughing, and this is a very serious matter. I'm sorry. So stop laughing and having fun. Okay. Please. No, I know where you're you going know, with this because I'm right in the same boat. Go ahead. Do you know what got me through? I do. The baseball and football schedules. Mm-hmm. I'm going all over. I My dad used to have a joke. I'm working so hard. I passed myself in the airport the other day. That's <laughs> how I feel. I'm going to and from everywhere. Every morning started with athletic greens. I swear to you, unless I just ran out, every morning started with athletic greens. And I felt like that kept me awake, healthy, and they probably don't even want me saying that because it's maybe I'm overselling it. But every morning during October and all my crazy schedule started with me on the road, scooping athletic greens into my shaker cup and drinking, slugging it down. And that was my little hidden gem. Yes. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do it every, I take it every single morning on an empty stomach. I get up, put my coffee on while it's brewing. I have my athletic greens. I down that, and then boom. I've got my 75 vitamins because that's what it has. Minerals, whole food source ingredients, multivitamins, multimineral, probiotics. It's got everything that you pretty much need to start your day, and within three and a half seconds, it's in your body. You know what it does? It fills the nutritional gaps, right? So you eat Every day you're eating your food, you know, you think you're healthy, eating healthy food, but this fills the gaps in your diet and it gives you energy, helps you focus, and it aids with gut health and digestion, which is huge because everything starts with your gut. You got to remember this. That is the engine of your body. If you have a healthy gut, you got a healthy life. Sports a healthy immune system. By the way, no GMOs, no chemicals, no artificial anything. And, and here's the other part of it. And this is the most important part of it. You know how they say trust your gut? Mm. How can you trust something that's not healthy? How can you trust your gut if you're not using athletic greens? Here's the other part that's second most important. Uh, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit Athletic Greens. Listen to this. AthleticGreens.com slash daddy issues. Athleticgreens.com slash daddy issues for us, for you. That way we both win. The holidays came early, boys, here at Manscaped, which is the leading men's hygiene brand. It just they just launched new products, including their all-new ultra premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, which is kind of great. I use it, my son uses it. Um so Manscaped, I just want to speak personally for a second. I have been using Manscaped for a long while now, and I, it's going on two years. Um, I like to groom. I just do. The untrimmed pubes, it's gross, all right? And, 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 and you need to buy this for yourself or your husband or your brother or whatever it is because it just makes everything look beautiful. You know what I mean? It, you just feel clean and shorn. And it's, it's time you leave your significant other some cookies and milk at the bottom of your chimney, if you know what I mean. huh? I'm talking about the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. It is the shit. You'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. That's the truth. It's the truth. I've again, you're you're talking to someone who's been using this. It's smooth, it's clean, it's effective, it's hygienic. So tis the season to load up on Manscaped products. Get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. All you have to do is go to Manscaped M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, Manscaped.com, and use code Joe Oliver. It was a great catcher for the Reds, by the way. That was a, he was a great catcher. Joe Oliver for 20% off and free shipping. Come on, tighten it up, guys. Tighten it up. Cavalry Audio. 
Oh, hi, Joe. I don't even want you coming on here with like a crappy attitude. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I literally like was flying home from work to get to this podcast, like fucking shredded the driveway to my house in Albuquerque, you know, skidded out, ran in, put some fresh batteries in, and here I am, dude. Um, Two things. One, I didn't know you had a house. Yeah. Well, half the first half of, of this job, I was at a hotel, and then the second half, I got a house just to change it up a little bit and, you know, have a little home life. Yeah, no, that's nice. And uh, secondly, I don't understand the placing of this well, recording device. I don't know. I'm in between two chairs. I got a little dunce cap on, you know, I mean. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Would you prefer if I change the the scenery? <laughs> I no, can. it's just disconcerting to look at you <laughs> look under at a two, fan. It's these in, two like chairs. the arms of two chairs. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't I, I, I quite no, understand. There's no desk in in this room, and I don't know. I'm just trying to find a place to prop up my phone so we can see each other. You know, I'm I'm doing the best I can, Joe. I'm doing the best I can. You know, I think when people say that. That's a way of just eliminating all criticism because there's nothing I can say now. Right. Yeah. What are you going to say? Like, you know, go buy a desk for the podcast? You know, I mean. No, and as, and as long as you're doing the best you can yeah. in this crazy world, in this hectic life. Yeah. What possibly could I come at you with well, if let me you ask, are doing the best you can? Let me ask you a question. Are you doing the best that you can in this life? I'm doing more than I should. Yeah. I've got, look, I've got, so I had all that big run of games and now I've had two days off and now I'm trying to put my little football boards together that I get done at Kinko's every week. So yeah. I saw my lady Kathleen at Kinko's, <laughs> got this thing all printed out. Um, and now I have to go do, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I get to go do a uh, <laughs> Ravens, Ravens-Dolphins game on Thursday night. And... Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm learning about Devin Duvernay and uh, Lamar Jackson, who I love watching play, but I just don't know a lot about the Dolphins these days, and I'm mm -hmm. trying to play catch-up. I mean, this is week 10, and I've got to act like I know what's happened weeks one through nine with the Miami Dolphins. Well, you should really focus on Miles Gaskin. Do you have him? Yeah, I have him. He's in my fantasy league. <laughs> he's not uh he's not really is he getting you any points? No, nah, I mean he's a PPR guy, you know, so I get I get some points. He's kind there. of a receiving guy. He's a receiving threat. Yeah, from the no, stats he, that I'm he, looking at. He fills it in, but the problem is is Derrick Henry went down. That's my guy. Edmonds went down, Cardinals, that's my guy. So now, yeah. now I'm struggling, dude. I'm really struggling with my with my running back. We should just position. turn this into a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> hey, so listen, if you uh if you're in the market for a backup tight end, I let me uh <laughs> let me throw the name Nick Boyle at you. He's being activated this week for the first time, making a season debut this week. And uh, on the other side, Ooh. Mike Gesicki is probably already not available, no, but he's uh, not. yeah. The Boyle Smythe. Boyle's available. Huh? Boyle's available. Yeah, yeah. No, I do come Go to you grab. with fantasy advice sometimes and thinking that you know things. I don't know anything. You I'm don't terrible. know anything. No, you don't know I anything. know actually I know too much. Yeah. I I I as we said, I mean I just I I bite on the bait that is mm -hmm. knowing too much about rosters and I'm like, "Hey, this guy <laughs> just keep an eye out." Right. And no, <laughs> right. it doesn't work. Right. No, you have so, too much backstory. Too much backstory for these players to give them an emotional incentive to actually make points. But really, it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Their their backstory where they came from, all of the things that you know do not translate to fantasy points. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you know, I, I wasn't even gonna do this podcast today. I was gonna send you and Margo a text and Josh. Josh isn't on here. Um because I woke up to the worst possible news. Oh today. no! What? And I, I'm going to bring it up, but if it's no good, I mean, you have to, you have to 
agree and tell me that we will cut it out. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Paul Rudd is the sexiest man alive. You're kidding me. That is the worst possible news Wait that I could get. Wait a minute. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Just take that, take that in. Okay. I'm taking it in. Because I'm in that, I'm in it. I, I am one of the, all right? I did a whole photo shoot for it. I will be in that People magazine, 50 Sexiest Men Alive or whatever the fuck it is. I'm in it. But you didn't you didn't win. You're not number one. I knew I wasn't gonna win. I'm just happy to be nominated, really. And um I guess I guess they're going off of personality and humor, you know? And career and charisma. Career. Right. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, but you should be happy, right? You should be ha- that's your boy. No? I mean Yeah. 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 Like you're, yeah, I mean, I've known him since we were 18 years old, and I don't know. It's the first time I've <laughs> known the how did sexiest you, man alive. How did you find this out? Well, it's in the it's in my New York Post app. Is it? Uh, you love six fifteen this morning. Blake woke up, and I was you know killing time till he went from wake up to trying to bust out of his monkey lock on his door. God, you still got and the I, fucking I had, monkey lock. What is going on with this? What, what, what do you think? There are seven now? There's still three and a half. I know, but how long is the monkey lock supposed to be on there for? Like in their teens? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. Had you had a monkey lock, you wouldn't have uh, had a dalliance with the uh, uh, lady of the evening at the age of 15. <laughs> Maybe. You know what? Maybe they should create an adult monkey lock. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't come out of our rooms. It's like, come you can, on, well, you honey, can come out of your, please. you can come out of your room, but the monkey lock's actually in your car, <laughs> right? So you got to walk there, <sighs> and if you have to walk there, you're probably not going to go. Yeah, no, that's good. But let's get back to Paul Rudd. So yeah. Paul Rudd is the sexiest man alive. <clears throat> Well, you know what? Hey, Paul, congratulations. Um, Why don't you cut a promo right now that they can put on the People magazine uh, website that you can congratulate Paul Rudd? Okay. Okay. Hey, this is uh, Oliver Hudson corresponding for People magazine. I want to congratulate Paul Rudd on being the sexiest man alive. Was I in the running? I was. Did I make the magazine? Yes, I did. But Paul, you beat out a lot of beautiful men a lot of chiseled men with incredible bodies and no chest hair. You are none of those things, yet you still prevailed. And we, Joe Buck and myself, Oliver Hudson, from Daddy Issues are extremely proud of you, and we wish you the best going forward. And hopefully you can repeat next year. It's unlikely unless you have Ant-Man 7. Ant-Man, right? Is that what it is? (laughs) Ant-Man. It's Ant-Man. <laughs> but, hey, we're here for you, and uh, we're a little upset you're not doing this podcast. We've tried to get you many, many times. But yeah, I asked him a long time ago, but he was... He's too he hot. Was, uh, he was looking for some privacy <laughs> at the same time taking photos for People Magazine's <laughs> Sexiest Man Alive. He's too sexy for daddy issues. That's fine. I might have to reach back out to Paul and see if we can get him on, but I think he's got his own podcast. He went from, I don't want to do your podcast because I think it's just enough of me and I want some privacy to, I have my own podcast. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't have their own podcast? I mean, everyone has their podcast. Everyone has a fucking podcast. We've talked about this. No, I know, but it's uh, there's only one person that can say, he is the sexiest man alive and he has a podcast and that person now is Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, let's say Paul can't fulfill his duties as the sexiest man alive. Yeah, it's it's what it's if a- you came in second and you you have you're the you're the understudy, you're the stand-in, you're the backup. You know what I would do? 
I would hire a team of professionals, investigators, to dig up all kinds of dirt on him, get him canceled, and then I will prevail. You will ascend to the throne yeah. of the sexiest man alive. How come they don't do his sexiest man who's dead competition? That's a good idea. Who would that be? James Dean, maybe? Uh, yeah, James Dean. Um, yeah, sexiest dead man alive. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody back up this guy's sizzling it's jimmy dean no not the sausage guy james dean sexiest dead man going by the way sexiest dead man alive is kind of good i like that i like that i feel like we come up with pretty good ideas on this show you know that we just never really follow through with that's the problem. It's about it's about putting things, taking it from the, you know, the incubation stage, mm. and actually putting them into practice. Have you been Have you been a follow through guy all your life? Because I am the opposite of that. And we're no, talking I know about that about you. We're talking about daddy issues, right? And, and and I would say that that comes from my dad. You know, I mean, he would honestly never sort of follow through with the things that he would tell me and that's always so it's like a tip of the cap to your dad a little bit yeah you know you know i too am not gonna follow through on what i said i would do love you dad yeah i don't know it's an affliction i guess but you seem like a follow-through guy right i i try not to i i'm aware that i cannot have things left undone so i try like hell to not keep adding to my list because Mm -hmm. it becomes overwhelming Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's my anxiety i don't know what it is but if like i'm different like i'm different than you if i have a text on my phone i have to return it like immediately if i have emails on my phone my phone has got to sit on zero emails left yeah like like right now there's 11 and that's driving me crazy yeah and then I, i pick up my sister's phone who's more anally retentive than i am and it's her her email icon on her iPhone has like four thousand seventy two. Yeah, no, and same. I've got eleven. Same with my wife. My wife Erin has a thousand, like forty thousand unread emails. My email icon at this point is as clear as day. I had eighty emails, you know, and 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 seventy eight of them are just junk. But I still have to go like swipe, 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 get rid of well, that. Are you shit. putting this ridiculous idea of interacting with fans on this bullshit email? Is that going to your phone, or is that going to be like no. your time to get on a, a a computer at the local library? And no, it's on my phone. It. It's on my phone. I can I can access it via my phone, and it's been. Uh, pretty prolific it's been productive but those aren't those aren't popping up like that would drive me crazy no no you have 31 emails from people you don't know i I already have too many emails that i have to deal with no no on everything in my phone when it says you know allow notifications it's a no I, i don't have any notifications on my phone i hate them except for my texts you know even my emails aside from the specific folder email address that i created for uh, for myself and this show even my my actual email address i do not have notifications on it's it's just too much buzzing you know it's too much yeah i might have to i might have to look into that yeah take off because all your notifications i i even toyed with the idea of taking my email just off my phone oh really where I would have to sit down at this computer in my office or sit down with an iPad on the road to go into my emails. But I feel like that would be... Nah. Uh, that would be just overwhelming. If I sat down and I saw 200 emails sitting there, I would just... I would short circuit. Yeah, no, it's too much. You need your phone for your emails. Don't take it off. Don't take it off. That's, that's not a smart play. But I do need that clean email slate, you know? It's weird. I, I have a mixture. Like I'm not an OCD guy in any way, but there are certain things that I have to have in order. And and one of those is my phone. It's got to remain clear. And, and, and going back to sort of the texting thing, there are a few people when I get texts 
that I have anxiety about because I know that I have to respond right away. And you were 100% one of them. Oh, without a doubt. (laughs) There's only two. Who am I on the list? There's only two? I'm one of two? You're one of two. It's you and Mark Rose. That's it. You know? What about your mom? What about Kate? No, no, because- What about Margo and Josh? No, it's not the same. It's not the same. It, 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 when I get a, a, a an email, it just says Joe Buck, and it's not attached to any Joe Buck chain that we're on, and it's just a singular buck. I, I, I immediately, my heart rate goes up, and I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. I'm working right now. I'm in the middle of the scene. That's he horrible. texted me, and I, I got to respond because I'm, I'm worried that he's going to, you know— not not be nice or get upset with me in some kind of a way you know i i i, I do like you, you do bring me some anxiety <laughs> awesome that's good to know because i think i do that to most everybody in my life <laughs> you do <laughs> don't go anywhere we'll be back after this short break with more daddy issues And you did something, I don't know when it was, three weeks back that we have not talked about in this podcast, which was, I felt really a lot cooler uh, after this happened. Mm -hmm. You called me during a scene as they were rolling you in your fake car Mm -hmm. with your fake child behind, (laughs) I mean, a real person, but not your kid, a fake TV show child <laughs> in a car seat by him. By the way, that kid looked way too big to be in a car seat. Uh, and you called me as they're like, okay, Oliver, we're going to need you to, when the car stops, you get out, you say, what are you doing here? And I, you and I were talking. That's like when I am doing a Super Bowl or I'll be doing the World Series and f- friends, you, yeah, Josh, Will text me, call me, Vetter. I've like taken video of me, like a reverse camera video of me calling the first inning of the World Series, just messing with him. I did that one time, and then he took his phone out during a, uh, what do you call it? You know, concert. The, the show ends. Yeah, during a concert, but the show ends. The backstage. No, out on the show, out on the stage, it ends. Uh, encore. I keep say an encore. Yeah, can come up with that word. And he took it out and was videoing himself on his phone, singing to fans. Like, what do you think about that? I was like, I got nothing. I that That's was the cool. coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's cool. But you, you called me in the middle of a scene, and I, I just have never been so touched. No, I remember uh, that. In, I was it was all a, our time. It was a drive up scene. So you know, half of the shot was me driving up to the place where I had to stop. And and you were on the phone through half of that scene. So, you know, when you watch that, you don't really see me. It's just a speck of me, but I'm still on the phone with you. Don't you have a person for that? Don't they have an Oliver Hudson stand-in? No, because I drive up and then and then do the scene. It's, it's a whole, like, one-shot situation. You know, but I was on the phone with you talking, and then as I pulled up to the mark where I have to do a dialogue, where I have to actually say dialogue, I'm like, all right, Joe, I got to go. And then fucking you know clicked you off and then started the scene <laughs> no my that would blow people's minds like i i i was one time you know jason patrick longtime great friend of mine i went down to visit him with my friend ryan when he was shooting the alamo mm-hmm. and it was a scene where billy bob thornton who's in the movie uh has to go up on this like walkway on top of the Alamo and look out at the army coming at him. And we're down in the middle of the Alamo, all this, it's an exterior shot of the Alamo. And Billy Baum Thornton's talking to me, such a diehard Cardinal baseball fan. He's talking to me about the Cardinals bullpen. (laughs) And I'm in there. I'm like, uh, don't you need to kind of concentrate? They're like, and I mean, they had, I can't tell you how many extras they had. This was like, uh, hundreds, if not a thousand people that like a big battle scene. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of it. And he's like, I mean, they need a left-hander. Cardinals need a left-hander. They got the closer like action. He's like, hold on a second. He hands me his like Gatorade, <laughs> walks up to the top, looks left, looks right, 
looks left, comes back down. He's like, so if they get a left-hander. Now, I'm like, (laughs) if people only knew, like, this intense part of the movie, and you're talking to me on the inside of this shot about the Cardinals' bullpen. Yeah. And I guess it's a way of normalizing kind of what you're doing. Well, I think when you do it so much, and you can relate to this because you've been in the booth for a thousand years, you know, you can definitely go switch it on from from you into your work. You know, and, and and it's funny you even bring that story up because I remember my dad, Kurt, was doing a movie called Executive Decision, and I was a, I was a PA on it, and um, it was this crazy scene where Steven Seagal is like, basically gonna it's his death scene where he's like reaching up, and, and they have to close the hatch, and in order to close the hatch to save everyone and to complete their mission, Seagal has to die, right? Very Poseidon adventure of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 so we're I'm with my dad and we're just bullshitting, you know, before the scene. He's like, Yeah, blah, 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 talking about something, and they're rolling, and I'm like, Oh my god, are we still talking? And da da da. da. And they're like rolling and they're like an action. And I stop talking, and he immediately goes into I remember the line exactly, looking down, screaming, You're not gonna make it. And then <laughs> And then he goes, you are. And then Steven Seagal leaves a whole fucking intense. His cheeks are jiggling. His face is red. And then they cut. And then boom, he's right back into our conversation again. You know? And I was like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> that's very impressive. I mean, that that's taking it to the next level. If, yeah. if somebody's dying on screen and they're doing a close-up of your face. Yeah. And he's talking to you about your homework and then yeah. walking out and going, how old were you when this I was, was nine, happening? I was, uh, oh, oh, that, I was actually 16 years old. It was like a summer job and I was, a, I was working as a PA on his movie, you know. But it just shows you when you've, he's been doing it since he's nine years old, you know. I mean, he, yeah. he, it, it's not like a first time situation. I mean, he, he, you know it so well. You know, you know you so well that nothing's going to phase you. you it know? may help him. It may help him in a weird way. Yeah, I maybe. feel like that when you have a little bit of a diversion or something that pops that bubble of whatever it is that you're focused in on. Mm-hmm. It's why I think I do text people or I, I read texts or whatever while I'm doing a Super Bowl. It's so if you if you think about the the enormity of what you're doing in that case, you mm-hmm. know, doing a Super Bowl to 115 million people. And if you misstep or really screw up, it's not going to be good. It's going to be a bad month to be you. Yeah. And maybe the rest of your career. It's it's kind of nice to have a reminder of the real world in there that kind of grounds you and, and lets you know that, you know, no matter what, you still have. It's why I walk to the back of the booth all the time, and I make myself make a cup of coffee or oh, you make do. a hot tea. Or I. It's it's a complete. Uh, you know, was it in summer school? Tension tension breaker had to be done. Yeah. Like you're up in the front of the booth. It's intense. You're talking to a hundred million people, and then it's like I can go back to the booth. I can walk ten feet behind me, and I can put a cup of coffee under the Keurig machine. I don't really want coffee. But I, if I go back there, it's like that's what I do when I'm at home and I'm in my shorts and T-shirt and my kids are there, my wife's there, and it's just a reminder that there's a real world out there. I'm not in it right now. Right. I'm just doing this game for 100 million people. And and if I – I don't know. It, it's something that kind of makes me just clear my head and go, okay, relax. Everything's yeah. good. Yeah. Everything – it's it's nothing – nobody's going to die here. Yeah. And, and you know, it just – Enjoy it yeah. because soon you're going to be making coffee in your shorts and T-shirt and you're not going to be doing this. So you might as well have fun and do it and do it well. Yeah. No, I know it's true. I mean, it's so true. At the end of the day, it's just another game, you know? And, and, and by the way, if you did fuck up, like it means absolutely nothing. And what does even a fuck up mean, you know? And that, that's what I go through, honestly, as an actor. And, and, and I think you can probably relate where you have to be willing to sort of screw up in a way because that frees you. It allows you some freedom to just be you and do your thing. And my biggest issue as an actor, which I think holds me back from being better than I, than I am 
or reaching the potential that I, don't, I that I know that I have is exactly what we're talking about, which is which is being fearless, not being afraid to just go there and, and be bad, you know, and try something new. It's a little bit different. You can't just try something off the cuff and because I get a second take. You don't get a second take. You know, I was doing yeah. I, actually I was doing a scene. Um, a few days ago with the lead girl on the show, El- uh, um, Elodie. And she's a really fantastic actor. I mean, she's very, very good. Um, and um, she's unafraid. And, and she will do takes where she just goes fucking after it. And even though they might not use it and it might not work, she doesn't care. It just, it gets it out. She wants to do it that way. And then the next take, she'll do it differently. And she, we were doing this scene and she's, and she was like, you need to go, just fucking go there. No, 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 I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm weirdly nervous or scared to look stupid, you know? And, 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 and I said, all right, let's go, let's go. One more take, let's, let's do it. And I did it and I just fucking went. And it was great, you know? And she's like, that's it. And so you take things from your co-stars in my field anyway, and, and they can actually help you get better if they can push you and if you allow them to push you, you know? But but yours is different in that it's recorded. As you said, you have a second take, but also you're really relying on that other person. Yes. I mean, you're, it's a give and take. Yes. And if that other person goes bananas... Well, now you're, it, it almost feels, there's a fine line between doing it your way and being respectful to everybody else and everybody else's time and the money and the mm-hmm. tape that's left in the recorder and the whatever it is. You, you can't go crazy and try, but, but the, the insecure part of it for you is maybe my choice is going to be dumb and they're going to basically laugh at, at how, how bad this effort right. was right and and i i mean i have that a little bit if i'll like say if i'll say something a little bit goofy which i do sometimes and and those are the only memorable times to be honest with you yeah you know like if i say stuff that's we we're talking about our high school football coaches the other night last thursday and i was talking about it was salute your coach week or something in the nfl and uh, Troy was talking about three coaches that had a huge impact on his career and his life. And, and then a play happened and neither one of us said anything. And I was like, well, since you're asking Troy, my high school football coach, his <laughs> name was Ron Holtman and uh, a legend in the uh, St. Louis high school football coach. And he, he was, he was a coach forever and yeah. was one of the winningest guys. And uh, I said, for the life of me, the only thing I can figure is he liked me so much that he wanted me standing next to him on the sidelines during games. He just didn't want me out of his sight. And Troy, you know, got it that yeah. it was a joke and I was making fun of myself. Yeah. But but that's the only thing I remember from three and a half hours of doing that game. Because you're that questioning it. One you're minute. Qu- you're questioning whether that was good or not, right? You're like, was that was that like did I did I did I hit it? Was that a good one? Right. Well, sometimes you do stuff and it's like, that was a joke. You know, yeah. but, but not everybody's not everybody's thinking along, and and sometimes it, it's so out of nowhere that people are like, "Well, he couldn't have been kidding about that." What you should have, what you should have done, is talked about like your badminton coach, you know, and how <laughs> right. like inspiration, my fencing, coach. your fencing, my coach. fencing coach, <laughs> exactly, your fencing coach, and how inspirational he was to you. Right, I every time I put that mask down, <laughs> and I was looking through that mesh. I saw greatness on the other side. (laughs) And I was ready to tackle the world. But the funny Uh, thing is with acting, you know, is you're working off of the other person. So, you know, if, 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 if you're coming in there with some sort of preconceived idea of how you want to do the scene on every line, and this is only, this is just me, but you're not really in the moment of the scene. So the actor is going to do their lines a certain way, and it might it might change between each take, and you have to react accordingly. You know, I mean, if they're if they're coming in soft on something that you were expecting them to come in hard on, and you were going to react to that, you can't just 
use that preconceived reaction and then go after it, it looks ridiculous. So you have to right. listen, pay attention to how they are doing the scene on that particular line and then react accordingly. You know what I mean? If you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We beg That's you. That's right. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. You know what's always blown me away to shift slightly from this is is some of the greatest actors seem so awkward talking without a script. Mm-hmm. Like when you see, I'm, I guess I'm picking on him, but if you see De Niro mm-hmm. like do an award show or be on Fallon or something, it's like what? Mm-hmm. That what do you, what is this? Oh yeah, it's like it's it's just awkward. Like they're not, and and I'm not saying that the guy. I don't know him. I never will know him. It doesn't matter, and he won't listen to this. And if he does, what's up, Robert? I call you Bobby. Uh, but some of these people, it's just like, my God, you can't, you can't do better than that. Well, like, but that's that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, people are built differently. Some actors are great, you know, with public speaking or off the cuff or you know taking on an interview and being able to sort of react accordingly to what's happening and have personality and have charisma. And then some are incredible fucking actors, but they don't have that piece. A lot of comedians, honestly, you know, in in sort of public settings, sometimes they're very insecure and get quiet. You know, that's just not their... That's not their medium. They have to be on stage. They have to have a camera in front of them. They have to have lines. You know, everyone, right. everyone's yeah. just different that way. I know. I know. Maybe I just expect too much from Bobby. You, you know? do. You do. Look, Bobby De Niro is one of the great actors of our time. Who gives How many a fuck? things have you done with him? How many what? How many things have you done with him? Uh, other, the, other than Goodfellas. Well, I did Goodfellas, you know, um, Casino... Um, other than those, zero. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know. Right, I'd be good. scared, dude. Like, I, you know, I, I, for, of course. For one minute, then you'd get into it. It's like I, Rudd, you know, working with Michael Douglas or Rudd working with the people that he's worked with. Mm-hmm. He's told me, I mean, he's, he's a real student as you are of the medium mm-hmm. and, I would imagine. I mean, growing up the way you grew up, you would still be intimidated to work with somebody that was. Oh yeah, really? I mean, I, I, I think like it, Nicholson. Would you be freaked out to work with Nicholson? Yeah. I, here's the thing: is is you know, even the biggest stars in the world get nervous. They, everyone gets a little nervous. You know what I mean? I remember. I, I think it was. Um, I don't remember the exact movie it was, but. It, I think my mom was talking to Meryl Streep or something like that. And uh, I think she was imparting some sort of wisdom or giving me a lesson of some kind. And, and uh, you know, Meryl was about to start a movie and, you know, talking candidly to my mom and talking about her nerves. And it's like if Meryl Streep is fucking nervous as butterflies, then I'm, I'm like, come on. You know? I mean. Yeah. People, it's just, it's a natural thing. It means that you care. It's about what you do with those nerves because sometimes they can be completely debilitating, you know, and they will, they will stop progress. It's about sort of taking those, that feeling and, 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 and turning it into something really great, you know? Right. Because for me, it can get debilitating. You know, if I, if I get nervous, which, I get little nerves, but nothing crazy now that I'm older. And when I was a little bit younger, honestly, the nerves would take me over and, and really fuck me up. But, you know, now it's like, okay, I'm nervous. Fucking go. Let's go. Let, 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 let's, let's use whatever these weird feelings are, you know? Yeah. Well, I, your senses probably bring that up and allow you to use them. You're probably supposed to have them. And you you're don't, supposed you don't to. You don't get nerves, do you, anymore? I mean... Uh, rarely. 
I, I'm more excited to do the game and have fun with it than yeah. I am being nervous. Sometimes if I've got to walk out in front of a big crowd, like when I did that benefit for your mom and it's Martin Short's in the crowd and you know your whole family's there and Kathy Griffin's hosting and mm-hmm. Will I Am is back there. Right, and, and all the celebrities and comedians who you perceive are judging you. Right. And then I was Zach Braff and all these people, and I walk out there and I'm trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but then two seconds in, I'm like, I love this. I want to. I want to make them laugh. Yeah. And and, and surprise them. I. I but I, I like that. I just. It's that moment of walking out there. Like I don't know how this is gonna go. But if you come a little bit loaded, not drunk, but with something to say. Yeah. Uh, then I. I. You know. It's a. It's a comforting feeling. I don't think that ever goes away. The more you're prepared, the more I do and the more I cram for these games and and I, the more information I have, the better I feel, the more I'm going to be myself. If I come come in half-cocked, I I never get comfortable. I'm yep. always thinking like I'm going to be ex- so for you or anybody in business or in 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 work life, uh, being the more you prepared you are, the more you can be yourself. 100% and that has how that's how you and I that's how what you do and what I do actually mesh and cross over. Because if you know your lines backwards and fucking forwards, you're good. You can play. You can do what you want to do. You can yeah. do it differently. You, you, there's, there's nothing that's going to stop you from experimenting and, and doing it differently. If, if, if you don't and if you're not as prepared as you would like to be, you're half-cocked, just like you said. Now you're trying to remember your lines and then it takes away all of the spontaneity that could happen, you know? So that's the biggest thing. And honestly, that's, that's one of the biggest um, lessons that Kurt imparted on me, which was very simple, which is just that. Know your lines backwards and forwards, then you're free, you know? And then the other thing he said is just think something. When the camera's on you, and if it's a moment where you have to be sort of quiet, you know, and maybe sort of, you know, have a moment... It doesn't matter what you're thinking. It doesn't matter if you're thinking within the context of the scene because the scene itself will dictate that. You know, the context, the what that scene is about will tell the audience what you're thinking. But you could be thinking anything. You could be thinking about sort of your lunch or whatever. As long as you're thinking something and you can see, the audience can see you working, can see you thinking, yeah, I'm then doing they'll it attach to it to whatever right the scene was. You know, I'm like, right. that's smart. It's so fucking true. You know. All right, I want to get to some of these things that. Uh, <clears throat> and can I just tell Margot, even on this tape, that I don't have anybody in email. She sent me this 400 times for Vince Vaughn, Adam Sandler, or Nick Kroll. Mm-hmm. I have no email for any of them. I have got it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're responding in real time. Yes. Yeah, because I'm trying to get in touch with. I thought you knew they're like people or something. Well, I I mean Sandler. I mean, I'm friends with Sandler. Yeah, this is about the animated series, so we can talk uh, after the show. You don't think now's the time? No. I mean, we could talk now, Margo. Let's talk about the animated series. (laughs) <laughs> that 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 is a massive undertaking. <laughs> right. All we need are animators, <laughs> an outlet, and ten Writers. million dollars. It's <laughs> <laughs> all we need. Easy. Yeah. If Got there's it. any if there's any big time executives out there at Fox listening, that's all we need. We need ten million animators and a slot, a time slot. <laughs> Nothing. No problem. <laughs> hey, you know what? Daddy Issues has dreams, all right? We have goals. And, right. and they may be lofty, but yeah, we're, we're trying, you know what I mean? We're trying and we're trending. We're trending. Yeah, Margo sent us this sort of, um, I don't know what it was. I mean, the, the number one show that was trending was way far from this country. I didn't even understand the language, but I guess we're trending globally. Daddy issues is trending globally. I still think she created this and 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 made it up. I think she she's just trying to keep us on the hook. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know where her sources are, are, are coming from. But, you know, it made me feel good. Um, it made me feel good, too, for six to eight seconds. <laughs> uh, all right, here's phone a friend. There's a body in the trunk of your car. Yeah. Who do you call for help and why? Okay, I like this. And is this a body that obviously you had nothing to do with? You just found this body. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't kill somebody, but there's you, you. I mean, I guess you'd call the police. So yes, you killed somebody. I would call my one of my great friends, Joey DeSalvo, who's the sheriff of Aspen, Colorado. <laughs> You're implicating him in in some sort of crime well, here. Well, I'm calling him because it's a good chance that he put it there you know oh yeah but i would call joey and ask him what the hell to do that's what i would do because he's the only law enforcement person that i know i mean i'm not gonna call my mom you know mom i've got a body in in the trunk of my car what do i do honey like whose car is it it's my car mom (laughs) well I mean, is he cold? And it would be a whole thing, you know, and then she'd probably try to send him to WeCare to have colonics. (laughs) Oh, it's nothing that a colonic can't fix. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I would call my friend Steve Horn, who I work with, who's the smartest man alive. And uh, Margo probably saw him, the long-haired guy that looks like Joey Ramone and... Uh, who's the actor that was uh, in The Fugitive? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee. Like Joey Ramone and Tommy Lee Jones had a baby. Mm. Uh, he's 72 and looks like he's 52. And he's the smartest person. He would know mm-hmm. exactly how to either get rid of it or where I should go with it and what I should say or shouldn't say. If you so, if you found if you found a ba- a bag in the middle of the desert of fifty million dollars, would you turn it in? No. Would you? Just I don't, take where it? would I turn it in? Whoever I turned it into would be well. The authorities. I mean, like, let, okay, you're on a hike in Joshua Tree, right? You're going camping in Joshua Tree because we all know that you love to camp with Michelle and the boys. And, right. Yeah. yeah. You guys are big campers. And, um, right. you know, you're going on your hike and Michelle has her little short shorts on with like her butt cheeks coming out. Maybe a little, you know, it's. I, yeah, I don't think we need the, these these oh. uh, details okay. aren't really Sorry. pertinent to the okay. question. Right. And then and then Wyatt is like, like, Daddy, what's this? And and you go pull this like crazy bag out of a bush and it's got 50 million dollars in it. Five zero fifty million. Would you, would you call the FBI? Would you call authorities and say, "Hey guys, look, I found fifty million dollars here." Like, you know, or would you say, "Fuck it, I'm taking that cash." I think I would wrestle with it for a while, and then I, I think I would land on eventually because right now I'm not in that situation. Uh, I think I can legitimately and calmly think through it. I, I think it would be dirty money, that, yeah. and dirty money that's left is there for the taking. Now, then it becomes no country for old men or whatever, and you got a guy with a, a nail gun chasing <laughs> you around looking for the money because he just stored it there while he was, you know, burying a body one dune over. So All right, let me, let know, me. I'd get out of there fast, but I, I would take the money. I wouldn't even know where to begin to turn it into who. No, I know, uh, but you'd turn it. You, I mean, on you'd call authorities. I mean, you'd call someone and say, "I found this money." Yes, I'd call one eight hundred authorities. <laughs> I think that's too Hi, many. Are you an authority? <laughs> that's too many numbers, Joe. It won't work. One eight zero authority. <laughs> I know. I'd probably take. I, I, I think. I, I think I'd have to take it. All right, you. Uh, you must spend one million dollars in one night. Mm. But you can only spend it on doing things, no material item purchases. Who do you bring and what do you do? But your choices are Adam Sandler, Matthew McConaughey, or Dax Shepard. Oh, my God. 
I'd bring uh, McConaughey. That's my number well, one. Okay. I'd and bring what would him. You, do? you can't buy a Lincoln with it, but he's probably got some in the nah, backyard. You guys me, can go trash a Lincoln right. in a desert. <laughs> right. Ooh, I, that's a god damn, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Well, McConaughey likes to golf. Um, McConaughey still drinks. You know, I think we'd probably private plane it, you know, and just go global and 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 eat good food and golf and fucking party. I don't know. I mean, maybe get a I, if twenty four hours. That's that's tough. I mean, I guess I can't. Yeah, I, I I would I would definitely go private plane and try to play the best golf hole at three of the best golf courses around the world and mm-hmm. keep going west so that you could kind of stay ahead yeah, of the sunset. That's good. And but I, I'd, I'd need like a supersonic jet and the $10 million, it probably cost more than I had, but I could use the money that we're going to use for our animation team Yeah, and just kick some more in and then go play like that's uh, a, the 18th hole at St. Andrews. That's a good idea. And we could tip a lot, just just big tips. You know what I mean? That would be the best part, actually. Yeah. How great would that be if you know some guy brings you your car and you're like, "Here's a hundred thousand dollars." Yeah, exactly. That thanks would be for your great. time. That would be that. That's actually awesome. So that's 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 good. It, 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 it's it's indulging in the things that we love to do, which wouldn't cost as much as 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 we are being given, but but tipping out massive. I like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're in agreement. Yeah, just leaving your mark. Okay, yeah. good. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more Daddy Issues. Uh, what do these three things have in common? Discussions, sewing machines screws I know it really yeah say it I have no idea threads wow yes sir that's correct you seem down Margo she is (laughs) I have a new microphone and I'm afraid if I like talk too loud or jubilantly that it's going to be very annoying so I'm trying to keep like a real radio voice on Margo Yes. Are you dating? Um, not really. No. How come? No, I have not dated since for four years, really. What? Oh my God. Yeah. Why not? Mm -hmm. Because in Atlanta, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends or family. So like, it's hard enough to meet people. And I don't know, the dating apps, like, what if somebody tries to murder me? I don't have anyone to call. Fair point. So it just never felt like the right thing. Now that I'm in Tucson, um, I mean, a little bit, perhaps. But four years Um, is a long time. I think this has more to do with you than it is anything else. Like, what are you afraid of? Um, I I don't really want... I don't really want to be in a relationship and dating usually leads to that. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) Are you going on dates at all? Are you just super solo? No, super solo. No, I haven't been on a date. I haven't been on a date in in that long either, actually. Would you like Oliver? would Would you like Oliver to introduce you possibly to the sexiest dead man alive? Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, that sounds right. He sounds like he wouldn't be big on commitment, which neither am I. So that might work, actually. Well, his name is Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson. Okay, I like that. I like the name. That's going to be a little complicated. (laughs) In many ways. Number one, he is dead. And number two, he doesn't like girls. You know, it's funny is growing up, um, everyone was like, are you related to Rock Hudson? And of course I said yes. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were related to Brolin and uh, Barbara Streisand. I am. That's been, that was a funny bit. That was really fun for a while. 
Yeah, actually, you what's know, the old man Brolin's name? Uh, well, John, John, James, uh, James Brolin. Yeah, yeah, James. So in you know my in my Instagram sort of life, there was a moment where I was sort of playing this bit, doing this bit that that Barbara Streisand was actually my mother and. And I was sort of reaching out to her and wondering why she sort of abandoned me and, you know, all this bullshit. Did she ever come back? She did. Mm. This is what I was going to say. So oh. she eventually commented on one of my posts, and it was just a beautiful day. It was awesome. <laughs> and she was played along totally. She's like, listen, son, like it's been hard and blah, blah, blah. And she did a whole, she did a thing. So it was actually Oh, my cool. God. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> That is fantastic. I know. Um, There's one other question on here, and I know the answer to it, but it leads me to what I was going to talk about in the last two minutes, and it's uh, how do you make a Kleenex dance? You blow it? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. No? You put a little boogie in it. Uh. And the reason I bring that up is because I feel like you and I are very similar in our nose picking delight. Yeah. yeah. You're a nose picker. I'm a nose picker. Yeah. 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 How, how much would you say the majority of your nose picking happens in your car? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably good. Um, I have I, I a think, picture of you in Cabo with a stalagmite booger <laughs> on your finger <laughs> in portrait mode that would change the world. <laughs> Don't send that to People Magazine because I would... That can be like inset in your, in your photo <laughs> spread. What would you wear for your photo spread? Oh, my God. No, I know. I mean, there. look... Yeah, it, maybe it's disgusting. Everyone can relate to getting up in there and picking something that is just epic. And there is this satisfaction, this freeing feeling that happens with that. And I don't care if the people are listening are like, ew, gross. You have all done it. And, you know, just own it. Because there's something I agree. When you, have, when you have like a, a smashed, booger wall like against the yes you know like that's covering the the inside part of the outside part of your nose you know yes. what i mean like yes and and you scrape that yes it's and now scrape. you've got like a you've got like a booger sheet oh yeah oh yeah 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 no the booger sheet dude uh, is there anything better no there's not you're so right it's like that scrape 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 and you don't want to you, you don't want to scrape too hard it's like it's like scraping a it's like scraping a sticker off of something. You know what I mean? You, you can't go, break it. You can't break it. So it's like the scrape, scrape, and then you get it, and then it's. I mean, come on, it's this. It's it's as satisfying as it gets. I mean, you feel like you've lost weight when you. You take do. That you out. all of a sudden can breathe. You know, you like, can breathe better. Yeah, flowers smell better. Yeah, I do my job better. I'm a better father. Oh, you're a better everything. You've just it's a, yeah it's an accomplishment. You know, it's it's act, it's an actual, you know, like yeah. something. These can, are the things I did today. Yeah, it's a che- you can check it off the to do list, right? Yeah, for it's sure. Like I I <laughs> finished my day of work. I made dinner for the kids. I emptied the dishwasher. I took a booger sheet out of my right nostril. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say one thing before we go. You know, I did join Cameo. And, it, you know, I was apprehensive about it. And it's been a couple of weeks. And I can honestly say that it's been really, really fun. Was this like a free plug? This is bullshit. I don't bring my stuff on here to plug. What are you plugging except for your hair? Uh, easy joke. Low-hanging fruit. Well, you set it up. Fruit. You set it up, dude. Low-hanging fruit. God. Yeah, so this is basically now a It's not a plug. It's not a, it's not even a plug. I'm for just Oliver on Cameo. It's not a plug. It's not a plug, okay? I'm just saying that you think that it's going to be one thing, but you're actually communicating with a bunch of really amazing human beings who are doing something great for their people, whether it be their wife, whether it be their friend, you know, whatever it is, and you get to experience and hear their stories. And it's you connect- getting you getting any traction? Yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. 
You know? Well, I see that. Good. That's a lie. That's a tell right there. When you get really high pitched like that. No, that's a, that's a I lie. I know, but that's that's like the cliche. Yeah, that's you the, know. That's the it cliche feels, it's tell. Good. It's not. It's not. And I only say that I go high up in my octaves because I haven't really done promotion for it. I've just sort of, you know, just been on. Have so, you broken up with anybody for anybody? No, I would love to do that though, but I have not done it. I haven't done it. But it's it's been it's been like sick people, you know, like friends who are sick and in the hospital who love a certain show and and there's a communication aspect to it that I that I that I actually dig. And um I know you were interested in how it was going, so I just wanted to bring it up to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to file that right under booger wall. <laughs> right under Joe it, it, it was, did a cameo. I did free. a cameo for free for Margo for her brother-in-law. He oh. sure did. He sure did. And it was the greatest. It was like the greatest thing for my brother-in-law. He loved it. But we were actually, I was with my sister. We were looking at your cameo, Oliver, like your account, because I posted about it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, God, I'd love a cameo from Oliver. And I was like, oh, maybe you should get one for Michael for, you know, your anniversary tomorrow. And she said, well, he just, Michael gets annoyed. You and Michael look almost identical. Mm. You are my brother-in-law and you are like replicas oh, of each wow. other. And, and, and that led to, he loved, he's a big fan of Joe for many, many years. And so I asked Joe, can you do one? And he did. He did such a, such a great I job. I did it at, uh, before the job. Chiefs game on Sunday. Yeah. And now I'm wondering awesome. if your uh, brother-in-law would like to be a part of people <laughs> for kids, uh, <laughs> sexiest man, sexiest gentleman alive promotion. <laughs> he, do, he, he, he could do, I mean, like, I'm going to have to he won't come in first. Picture. Paul's son Jack will win that one, but uh, yeah, mm. please do send a picture. Yeah. I'll submit it. Yeah, they're Get, I'll have my people close. send it over to people's people. Well, you know what? <laughs> As we're coming to a close, it's a good question, Joe. Like I've been one of the fifty sexiest men alive. This is my second time. Where are you at? How come you haven't <laughs> been? Uh, you know, have, how come you're not on this list? What's going on? I, I check no boxes. There's, no. I have, I got False. nothing. I check zero boxes. <laughs> you do. You got your little hat, your little hair flip, your mustache, your facial hair, your <laughs> chiseled good looks, your ability to be naked on Instagram and not care. I don't have any of that stuff. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And in yeah. a few more years, once these contracts, you know, once these contracts run out and, and and you get to be Joe Buck, the real Joe Buck, the Joe Buck that I want the whole fucking world to see, you're gonna you're gonna do some great things there, buddy. Okay, well then here's what we're gonna do. I, I climbed Kilimanjaro with my daughter when she was sixteen. That was nine years ago. God, that's hard for me to believe. Nine years ago. And I said, what I'm going to do for my boys who are now three is I'm going to keep myself in good enough shape that when they are 16, so 13 years from now, I will climb Kilimanjaro with them. That's like it's the something out in the offing. Okay. So within that time frame, I am going to get myself professionally lined up, physically lined up mm-hmm. to be in that magazine on that list. Okay. Good. But it's going to take... It's going to take publicists and uh the the little bluebirds that flew around cinderella mm-hmm. uh to you know make everything looks perfect no you're gonna but i'm getting in that you're gonna do it dude al michaels was so you can do it how does you're, that happen do you have to be nominated like does somebody I, nominate you to be in no, that magazine or people no, just pick it's people. all like, it's These it, are our choices yeah it's what this is where is. oliver downplays it <laughs> no, like I'm not downplaying it. it. I, it's not like it's not like there's a nomination process. I got a Does call. Your, I got a call. It was like they want you to do this. Da, 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 da. I said, "All right, cool." And and the photo shoot was crazy. I haven't seen the pictures yet. I mean, I saw them when we were doing them. I thought the the I thought people I thought it was supposed to come out on Tuesday. Maybe it did. But I get there and there's two outfits, like two sort of looks or whatever. And it's these cool jeans and 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 one of them is this shirt that is so paper thin I might as well not have been wearing a shirt and they just pour pour buckets of water over me I'm just drenched like I've gotten out of a shower and I've got all this like jewelry on and I'm sort of sitting on this stool oh, like all pouty God. and my shirt sticking to my chest and my 
weird abs and, you know, I'm flexing so hard that my back went out. I'm not even kidding. The next four days, my lower back was killing me because I was trying to flex my abs so hard. And so <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. It take, was, it, take it, take it, take it, take it. I was like, take it, take the picture, take the picture now. <laughs> Do you command a higher cameo rate if you're like the higher up the list you are? And after one, <laughs> is there like a ranking? Like, could you be 23rd? Or no, 15th I don't. Or I think there 49th? is the sexiest man, which is Mr. Rudd. And then I think after that, I think I think it's just a wash. I think everyone. Do else you guys is. have to like fate him with it? Do you have to have like a party? You throw him a party as the forty nine sexiest yeah. losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everyone's there was one winner and everyone else is just losers. Right. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. All right. All right. Bye. See you, man. All right, baby. All right, bye. Love you. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger.